Praise all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we turn to the book of Malachi 4. Amen. God bless you, Brother Peter. Good to see you. Amen. Malachi 4. Malachi 4. Uh, verse 5 to 6. Verse 5, so better than 6. I think if we can just have it, let's read it together there. Amen. Yes, we can go for it. Amen. Oh, and then let's continue. And you shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth Do you believe that this is your promise that is evident? Amen. Uh, I'd like to read it not in this way, maybe. If you can go to verse 5. Behold, I will send you, not I will send them. Amen. Amen. You, you've got to see yourself in that scripture. Amen. And then Amos 3. We will read uh, uh, together again on the screen. Amos 3 from verse 6 to 7. There it is. Let's, let's go for it. You know, God's secrets, you've got to go to the prophets. Uh, it's right if we say if you reject God's prophet, you reject God. Acts 26, verse 19. We'll read it together again on the screen. Acts. 26, verse 19. Just only verse 19. Yeah, we can go for it. Amen. Uh, you, 
Don't you just wish it could be you when you come to the end of your journey? And say, despite whatever I have gone through, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. To get a heavenly vision, it's a privilege. But it comes with accountability. After you have received it, uh, make sure that you don't become disobedient to it. Amen. As we pray, most gracious Heavenly Father, uh, once again, as much as we approach your throne of mercy, Lord, we've got various needs this evening, but we know we've got a parent that knows better. And this parent has never failed us in any way. That's why we can call you El Shaddai, the double-breasted one, the one that we can come and feed the strength from. Mm -hmm. And this evening, that is why we are here, Heavenly Father, to come and get the strength. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we have read this portion of scriptures we just want to commit them to you to, for you to bring the right inspiration Amen. so that it can come and help the people that are here as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats for Amen. Now, just for a few minutes, we, we want to speak on this subject. I believe it. By the time we come to the end of the service, the subject must change. But firstly, we had a good time at Brother Hani's assembly. Uh, they passed their greetings to you this site. They say they are praying for you. Pray for them. Amen. Now, this evening I want to speak on why, why do I remain with Malachi 4? Amen. Amen. And I hope when we come to the end of the service, we will say, why do we remain with Malachi 4? Amen. That's what we want to speak about this evening. Uh, the reason I say, why do we remain with Malachi 4? We are not disparate to make the message to sound like it's the truth. That message is the truth. It doesn't need anybody to make it sound like it's the truth. As a standalone, it's the truth. And the devil cannot change that. Amen. You know, when whenever God sends a messenger, 
When he stands, the things are great. But there comes a time where people leave the messenger. But it doesn't mean that when people leave the messenger, the messenger is wrong. People leave messenger for various reasons. Dathan and Korah must have left to Moses for a reason. I believe that Demas must have left to Paul for a reason. But it doesn't mean that Paul was wrong. Amen. So this evening we want to zoom in on this prophet messenger. And to say, why do we remain with him? Amen. And we want to come into that. We have read the scriptures that we believe were, were, were the foundation of this ministry. Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. This is our promise. And this promise has materialized in our age. Now, somebody asked me a question and say, Where is the name of Brother Brenham in the Bible? And I can ask you, Where is your name in the Bible? If you can show me your name, I can show you Brother Brenham's name. Uh, the Bible says uh, whosoever willeth and then I believe that I'm included in that whosoever willeth why do I say I'm included the scripture that wrote the the spirit that wrote that scripture that spirit is in me so that I can say I'm included in that verse Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet. It doesn't have to spell out somebody's name. But it must call out uh, or we must follow the spirit of Elijah and check on who, it, on who is going to dwell on and upon whom it dwells on. Then we know that is the Elijah of the hour. And the spirit of Elijah has got characteristics. You cannot just say the spirit is upon me. There has got to be characteristics. And then we'll come into those things. Now, the prophets are critical in God's economy. You can never worship God until the prophet shows you how to worship. You 
would have never left Egypt unless Moses told you that it was time to go. You would have never arrived in the promised land unless Joshua tells you that we have arrived. And if you are Elisha, you had to follow Elijah. If you are a Timothy, you had to follow Paul. If you are Joshua, you had to follow Moses. But it doesn't mean that those men become God. But those men, they become the agents of God's message. When you accept them, you accept God. If you reject them, you reject God. Now, when we come to the ministry, through of William Brennan. And I believe a lot of times even Moses folks do not understand why God sent William Brennan. Because if you understood there won't be a lot of fanaticism that we see. You know, a fanaticism it is more dangerous to the message than the rejection of the message. Because the fanaticism takes the message and makes it a stumbling block. What am I speaking about when I speak about fanaticism? People that worship Brother Brennan are wrong. Those people, they make the message to be a stumbling block. They don't understand why God sent Brother Brennan. If you worship the messenger, you make the messenger to be an antichrist. I hope you are with me. Now, Brother Brenham says here, in this message, uh, uh, the seven church age, he says, not one moment do I bring a message to the people that they may follow me. Brother Brenham did not want to be followed or join my church or start some fellowship or organization. How many people thought that this message was here to start a church? Hallelujah. It says, I've never done that and will never do that now. I have no interest in those things. But I do have an interest in the things of God and people. And if I can accomplish just one thing, I'll be satisfied. That one thing is to see established a true spiritual relationship between God and men. Not between the prophet and men. But between God and men. Wherein men become new creations in Christ. Filled with his spirit and live according to his way. Do we get to the objective of brother Brenham? He wanted the spiritual relationship between God and man. He wanted people to become new creations in Christ. That they may be filled with his spirit and live according to his own way. Hallelujah. So that means if you say you follow William Brenham but you don't have a personal 
personal relationship between yourself and Christ, you don't understand why William Brenham was here. I, I hope you are together. And maybe it might be a confuse you. <laughs> Because some people think to have a personal relationship with the prophet, it will take you to heaven. I refuse it will not take you to heaven. Rebecca had to have a relationship with Isaac. But Eliezer was an instrument that was used by God to start that relationship. So this evening, the relationship that we have to have, it must be with Christ. And Brother Brenham was an instrument to start that relationship. I hope we are together. Now, he says here, in this message, a guide. And I want to show, the reason I, I say, why do we stay with him? Or we can rephrase it and say, why do we stay with his message? It is because in the message a guide, the prophet said at the finishing of the seventh seal, the mystery of God should be finished to know who God is. His purpose of him being here, it was to teach us who God is. Not to teach him to ask who he is. But to teach us who God is. But you can never know God unless it is through a messenger. But yet you must not worship the messenger. I don't know whether you find the balance there. There's got to be a balance. Because one way you might slip off the road. To, 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 to teach us to know who God is, what he is, how he lives, his nature, his being. The purpose of this message is to teach us who God is, what he is, how he lives, his nature, his being. Hallelujah. And it comes, Brother Brenham says, in the message, the Patmos vision. He said the greatest of all revelations is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope we are together here. So, so knowing, know if, if, if how many people traveled with Brother Brenham and hunted with Brother Brenham, but missed the purpose of his ministry. Because some they, they looked at the men and thought the ministry was about the men, but not knowing that the man was there to introduce the husband to the church. So the greatest of all the revelations is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you say you've got a revelation and maybe a revelation, maybe it's church order. Hallelujah. Maybe coming early. Those things are critical and important. But the greatest among all of them you've got to know him 
him personally. And if you don't know him personally, then you have not yet reached the destination. Hallelujah. He comes in this message. And his brother Brenham is the one that taught us what new birth is. In denominations, they thought if you raise your hand or if you spoke in tongues, they thought that that is the sign that you've got new birth. But the message of William Brenham, which was not his message, it was God's message, he brought this message and he taught us what new birth was. And he says, a new birth, new birth is not just to know the prophet. But he says, new birth, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. I hope we are together here. You know why I'm saying that? I've realized that people know Brother Brenham. People know where Brother Brenham was born. People know what Brother Brenham loved. But some don't know even what who Christ is. They can quote Brother Brenham, but yet don't know who Christ is. But this evening I say, let us know him. Brother Brenham was here to introduce him so we We've got to come in contact and say, now we know him. And when you know him and have a revelation of who he is, then you've got new birth. Are we together? And I've realized that. Brother Brenham says he's our spiritual father in faith. And I will understand why, why he says so. Because he had birth pains. He birthed us. He brought the message and birthed us into the kingdom of God and introduced Christ to us. And a lot of times people claim that he is our father. And we know Brother Brenham, in our time, he represented Abraham. And when you look at Abraham, there was Ishmael that claimed that Abraham was his father. There was Isaac who that Abraham was his father. But one it was by revelation, but another one it was through carnality. So this evening your relationship with the messenger, it must never be carnal, but it must be spiritual. And when it is carnal, that's when you know a man. But when it is spiritual, it's when you know who he has introduced. So, and you've got those two groups of people. But the new birth is not to go to a message church. I know folks that are in the message church but that have never experienced new birth. Don't say I'm a judge. The Bible says by their fruits you shall know them. Because why a new birth, when you are a new creature, there's got to be fruits that show that you are a new creature. So I say 
say a lot of times people think getting into a message church it makes them to be the, the Christians. But Brother Brandon told us about three kinds of believers. And he told us about a believer, a make-believer, an unbeliever. But a believer is somebody who has experienced new birth. Because a new birth, Brother Brennan says, is mercy. It, it, it deforms a lot of things in your life. But, but it, it brings out the life of Jesus Christ. Are we still together? So I'm painting a picture that the core, the core purpose of Brother Brennan's ministry it was to introduce the Lord Jesus Christ in this generation. Now let's listen to him here. He says in this message the seventh seal, it may be time, it may be our now, that this great person that we are expecting to rise on the scene may rise on the scene. May this ministry that I've tried to take people back to the way has laid a foundation. If it has, I will be living for good. There won't be two of us here at the same time. If it is, he will increase and I will decrease. But I've been privileged by God and see what it was and unfold that much and that is the truth. What was the, his ministry? He said it can't be the two of us. I've got to decrease and he's got to increase. So Brother Brenham never wanted to increase. This ministry was not about him but it was about the one that sent him. So that's why I get confused when people say we worship a man. Because this man never wanted to be worshipped. But he pointed us at the one that must be worshipped. And if Brother Branham wanted to be worshipped, there were people that were ready to do that. He says in this message, Revelation chapter 5, that is the Revelation series, paragraph 19. I hope I won't lose you, but I've got to read this one. You see, then that brings me to thinking of 31 years will be soon of ministry of the Lord. I guess every man thinks of sometimes when he has to come to his last service. To come to his last hour and look down the path and see what he has accomplished and see what has gone on. Have you done anything? I often wonder what would it be when I got to the end of my road, which I don't know what time that will be. So I was thinking about looking back down along the trail where I've come through life and seen the different hills and rocks and hard places and smooth runnings. What, what I did in those kind of times, it will show up one of these days at the 
hour of my going away. That brings me to, to that brings me and leads me to say something I would rather run than say. It, it, it grinds my heart to the bottom to say but what I have said what I say I'm forced to say realizing that this is being taped and the world will hear it but I have left the ministry for a cause that I'm sorry that I have to live for and, per, and perhaps many of you have heard it I'm closing my office and so forth and leaving the field I don't know where our Lord will lead me to. But I have no control of it. Wherever he will have me for me to do. But I'm thinking of the end of the road where I must come. And down along life's journey I have so many, I've made many mistakes. That I'm very sorry from my heart. Because I'm a human. And have weaknesses. This is William Brenham speaking. It was not a superman, but he was a humble servant of God. Hallelujah. And it says, but being the weakness of a human being, we have those times. If there is anything that has been in my heart to do, was to hear those words of our Lord Jesus at the end of the journey to say it was well done, my good and faithful servant. And many times I have said I would like to have been standing there when he said, come unto me, but I did desire to hear it say well done that's what the prophet said he said I want my testimony to be clean to be clear cut that I stood in all my mistakes and I yet loved him with all my heart because of that it forces me to say I'm leaving the ministry because there is something arose amongst the people that caused me to do it and that is that I've been taken from my bracket of a minister or a brother and being called to Jesus Christ. Brother Brenham, it, it, it broke his heart for him to be moved from the bracket of a minister or of a brother and to be made to the Lord Jesus Christ. Does, does not that make you see that this man was genuine? Because we live in a, during a time where people want to establish themselves in the hearts of the people. But William Brenham did not have that objective. He wanted the Lord Jesus Christ to be established in the heart of the people. Uh, uh, this street to me shows sincerity. It shows, it shows a man that understood his responsibility. He said, I would rather be branded he says that would brand me as an antichrist I will meet 
would rather meet God as a quitter before I would meet him as an antichrist to take away from him. William Branham was confirming that I'm not him. But I'm here to introduce him. But the people did not want to, to, to look at him when he pointed at Christ. They wanted to focus on him. But Brother Branham did not want it like that. He said, my ministry is to declare that he is here. Not I'm here, but he is here. I hope we are together here. And it says, I met a couple of brethren which I don't see neither one of them in the meeting this morning. Sure, three of them one time in a fishing trip. They approached me by the subject of saying and say, Brother Branham, are you not the anointed to the Messiah? I put my arms around the neck of both of brethren. I say, brethren, as much as I've tried to be a true servant of Christ, I would not want you to say such thing as that. Isn't it amazing that Brother Branham, when people started wanting to make him a Messiah, he came in the public forum and boldly said, I'm not him. And said, I'm even leaving the ministry because something arose amongst the people. But I'm amazed today. Today when people you hear a man that they would say something about a man. And I call it the eighth messenger syndrome. And maybe people will say so and so is an eighth messenger. And you go and ask the people, a person there would ask him. And he says, No, I never said that. It's the people that say that. Have you heard that? It's not me. It's the people that say that. And I always say, Then why, why are you quiet if the people say that? I mean, if the people can say you are a witch, you will tell anybody that you come across and say, I am not a witch. And say, bring the evidence if you say I'm one. Are we together? But Brother Branham came out and say, I am not the one. And if needs be, I will quit the ministry. I say, this man was a responsible man. And if he was such a responsible man, then I've got to trust his message because he had a sense of responsibility. Are we together this evening? Hallelujah. Then he says in this message, from that time, he says, but my ministry is a different ministry from a pastor or a teacher. If I say things wrong, brethren, forgive me. I don't mean it. But this is my ministry to declare him that he is here. Hallelujah. Brother Branham was the signpost pointing the people to him. And any 
soon when minister of God will point the people to him. Not, not to ourselves, brethren. But to point the people to him. Because him, he is the one that must be worshipped. A human being is not perfect. He's got ups and downs. But the one that you worship is perfect. And if you worship him, you can even base your eternal destination upon him. What, what makes me love William Brennan? He had such a great ministry. Could tell the people their diseases. Could tell them where they were born. Could tell them their names. He had such a great ministry. Spoke squares into existence. But he always acknowledged that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Are we together? I mean, listen to what this messenger says. In the message, total deliverance. He said, I just had to do that. I don't know that I did wrong. I lied. Caused my wife to lie. I believe I told you about it here at the church. It was a few days not a long ago. It's been about six weeks ago. The attorneys had me so torn apart over this investigation. Till I hardly knew where I was at. I had just gone home from the office to eat dinner. And the private, the private phone number rang. Hey, private number was a problem even during the time of Brother Brennan. Amen. I heard people when you call and say, private number, hello. They intimidate the one that calls you. The private phone number rang. And Mida went to answer the phone. She put it over her hand over it and say, It's them attorneys again. I couldn't stand another evening. My head felt like it's going off. I, I felt like I'm losing my mind. Just pulling me this way and that way and this way. I said, I can't stand it. I jumped up and said, tell them I'm not here. And I ran, I ran around behind the house. When I came back, Mida was very conscientious of those things. She met me at the door half crying. And she said, Bill, was that the right thing to do? You know how you are. I know how I am. I said, sure. I was in here right then. I knew God had condemned me for, condemned me for it. I said, I was in here right then. But said, but you were in here when they made that call. Why, why would this prophet come and say I told a lie? Hallelujah. He was showing you his human part. That as much as you need grace, I need grace. As much as you need to meet him, I've got 
not to meet him. Brother Branham never tried to be a superman. But he wanted to show the people and he went on to say, I was even not born in a Christian family. He said, my father was a drunkard so that you can identify with him and know that if God can do that for the Branham, then he can do it for you. I thank God that he never became the superman. How many people, if they had such a ministry, they would have never exposed their human part? They will just expose their super part. But Brother Branham kept on exposing that to show that he was a sinner that was saved by grace. And that's why I will stay with him. I would rather be with somebody that is honest with God than somebody that comes with theoretics. Brother Branham did not want performance. But he was a sincere man. And every time when the people, I mean he was with Brother Ed Biscar and at a motel. A sister came. Or a woman came. I don't know whether she was a sister. And, and knocked where Brother Brenham was. And Brother Ed said to Brother Brenham, I will just step aside so that you can speak to the woman. And the woman stepped in and they had a discussion and after they were done she left. But on the way, while he was traveling with Brother Ed Biscar, he looked at Brother Ed and said, do you know what that woman tried to do? And Brother Ed Biscar said, you could see that he was affected. He said, that woman tried to worship me. And uh, it, it, it broke Brother Branham's heart. And uh, that's why I say this one is genuine. And that's why I say it's the very one that John wanted to worship. But he said, don't worship me. I'm just like the servants, the prophets. And the people that are worshiping Brother Branham, let me put it this way, they are wrong, they must repent. The only one that must be worshipped is the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe I can take it further, the people that worship pastors must repent. There's only one that must be worshipped. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Any other man must refuse worship. And Brother Abraham became that man in this generation. I thank God with this prophet. Hallelujah. Because some, when people worship them, they think the ministry is effective. Okay, let's come to this one. Those that have left, and let me tell you, those that are meant to leave the prophet shall leave him. But those that were meant to be with him shall never leave him. Hallelujah. Because I, I don't know today, how do you make God's prophet to compete with Google? 
angazi ukuthi enzukuza namhlanje umenza kanjalo umprofeta Google ukuthi aqathanise ne Google Google for some reason has become a, a god in the end time manje Google isikhathi sokugcina ibe uNkulunkulu and people do not know Google is just a portal where everybody can put their knowledge there Google indawo lapha abantu bangafaka khona ulwazi lwabo khona so Google can never be par on par with the prophet Google angeke ahambisana nomprofeta because today people would research and type there and answers come out but my question would be if you doubt brother Brennan and say here was not the proof there was no proof I've got a question for you and, and, and you still claim that you are a Christian the Bible says when Jesus was with the disciples he came to get man and he may told them to remain somewhere and he went further and went alone there and prayed a prayer my question to you who recorded his prayer because he went alone there Matthew was not there Luke was not there John was not there but he went alone who recorded that prayer what proof do we have that he prayed that prayer. If you are in the business of looking for proof, but I don't need the proof. You know why I don't need the proof? Because it's not about the proof, but it's the effect of what was written upon my heart. The evidence that I have that that prayer happened is because when I read it, something in my heart moves and then no human being can make it move. So, Brother Brenham, he said many things. He was in the wilderness. Spoke squares into existence. Who was there to witness? No witness there. But when he came back and began to speak about it, the effect of that story that it had upon Sister Hetty made it to rise up and say, Brother Brenham, I don't care. I don't know who was with you there. But I know that it is nothing but the truth. What made him to say that? The effect that it has had. Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet. Anyone can claim to be Elijah. But today the reason I say this one is the real one is because I've seen others but they never had the effect that this one has had on me. Because this one when he came he found me with my heart with a stone heart. He found me without knowing God. But when I heard the message my heart began to melt. And I realized that no one can make my heart melt except Elijah in the end time. I've not spoken about pictures here. I have not spoken about the cloud. No, sir. Even if those things could have not been there. Those things were there for the unbelievers, not for the believers. It was to prove to this generation because we would have still believed in him without a proof. 
Because why? The effect that his ministry has had upon us. Maybe uh, you don't understand. William Brenham, and forgive me if I may sound sacrilegious. William Brenham was not educated. William Brenham could have not designed in his wildest dreams to start a movement that can last over 40 years after he was gone. He had no capacity. He had no experience. He had no knowledge. But 45 years or 50 years later, his ministry, he goes into a country and find a Chinese man and converts him. It goes and finds a Congolese man and converts him. It finds a Zimbabwean. It converts him. It finds a South African. And they come from different corners of the earth. But when they come together, they speak exactly the same thing. I've got a question for you. How can an uneducated man do that? It is humanly impossible. It shows that it is the move of God. Are we together? I mean, we've got different cultures, different backgrounds, different traditions. But why today, despite our backgrounds, but we're able to connect and speak the heavenly language? It could have not been designed by that man. It was designed by the Almighty God. If William Brenham was a false prophet, why don't they just dismiss? him and say case closed. Why are they struggling? Why are they having meetings about what he said? It's because they realize what he said was the word of God. And that word of God still has an effect. No matter where it goes, young people hear it, but the effect that it has on them, they cannot even explain it. And I've got a question for you. Why those people that left the message? They do not show us anything that they can say is a substitute to the message. Why are they dedicating their time to criticize the message? Because if you found real gold, you need to be content and tell the people I've got the real gold. But if you keep on criticizing it means you've got nothing. There is no substitute for the message in the end time. This message was the final voice of the Lord Jesus Christ in the end time. Are you here this evening? I asked one. Put Brenham aside. Let's talk. I want to be a Christian. Make me a Christian. Show me by the scriptures. He was mumbling. He can't have an answer. What is he going to say? 
You know why are we able to defend the message without using Brother Brenham? It's because it was not his message. Any other religion, if you discredit its founder, you are finished with that religion. So the message to show that William Brenham was not the founder, even if you put him aside, I will still ask, what is the true baptism? Where are you going to go? You just pop your eyes and say, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, but how do I approach him? What is the scriptural process? They've got no answer. Let me say this to you. If you defend Brother Brenham, when you speak to the critics, you will lose. But if you defend the weight that he preached, the word will defend itself anytime, anywhere, under any condition. Are, are, you, are you here, message believers? His brother Brenham is a human being. And say, yes, I've got mistakes. I'm not perfect. But he is perfect. But he is something beautiful, as I said the other time. I will still remain with a prophet that is imperfect than to remain with people that I don't, I don't know what God says about them. Moses came, hit the rock twice. Goodness, we can go and say, the man is wrong. God said one, he said twice. Is he genuine? And Moses was wrong. He was supposed to hit it once. Because it was a type that Christ will be hit once. But Moses hit it twice. But the pro- God will never leave his prophet alone. Because he hit it twice. Then we see Jesus dying on the cross to confirm the first striking. But on 1963, the prophet said there is an indictment message. They crucified Christ for the second time to go back and confirm that although Moses was wrong, but I will never disown him. Abraham told a lie. Sarah is not my wife. And he lies. But God in the dream. He comes to the king. And says, wake up. Go to that man. And let him pray for you. How can a liar pray for me? God will never disown his prophet. And people think that if a prophet makes a mistake, God disowns him. No, say. Go throughout the Bible. You look at uh, Jonah. Why did he go to Tarashish instead of Nineveh? He 
was wrong. He refused to listen to God's call. He jumped on the wrong ship. And it was on its way to Tarashish. But on its way there, although the prophet was wrong, but he was still in God's provided way. If it was not the case, there was not going to be a fish to wait for him. The fish was waiting for him. And who made the fish to wait there? The same God that told him to go to Nineveh was waiting for him on his way to Tarashish. And when they threw him into the water, the fish swallowed him and turned on his way to Nineveh. Because had he gone to Nineveh with a ship, people would have rejected him. Because the Nineveh people, they were worshipping a fish god. And God wanted to attract them. And he was a fish bringing the prophet. Yes, the prophet was wrong. But the wrongness of the prophet was still God's part. Was still a plan of God. And when he threw, threw him up, the Nineveh people, they looked at him and said, our God has brought a prophet. But when he came out, he said, that fish, it is a creation. There is a creator who created the fish. Are you here this evening? I can go on and on with the wrongs of the prophet. But God has got the ability to take the wrongs and use it for his glory. I look at four women and I look at these four women, the legalistic people that have left the message and I can put it boldly behind this pulpit. If you leave the message and discredit the message, it's a matter of time. It's cut. Belong, you will be discouraging the Bible. Because you are an unbeliever. Yes, there is a brother that was attacking brother Ed Biscar. And I said, this brother attacks this man. But the ultimate goal is to attack the prophet. Because I knew the spirit could not attack the prophet before it attacked the eyewitness. Are you together? Are you still with me? Amen. Got a bit distracted when I spoke about that. I, I spoke about four women. Four women. One of them is Tama. How does this woman form part of the genealogy of Christ? The book of Tama it causes such a discomfort when you read it. Hallelujah. It disturbs a reader. And you have realized we never speak about Tama. You've got to be bold as a minister to teach on Tama. But I'll give you the synopsis of her story. Tama 
was the daughter-in-law of Judah, Jude, Judah. Oh. The first, the son died. The second one died. They married her and died. And then Judah says to her, because the third one is still small, go home to your father's house. And when this one has grown up, we will come and marry you. She went there and waited in her father's house. And this one grew, but no one came to fetch Tama. Are you together? Now Tama had that Jude is going to be traveling from this one city to another city. And Tama comes in and waits on the road and disguises herself as a prostitute. And when Judah comes, Judah stops and picks up Tama and sleeps with Tama and does not pay Tama. But Tama says, before you go to confirm that it, you are going to keep your, this promise. I think he left the rope and left some other things with it. And later, when Judah sent the people there with the lamb to go and pay or, or whatever, there was an animal that he sent. When the people got there, they don't find they ask the people and they say there is no such a person. Now later it was heard in the house of Judah that Tama is pregnant and right there Judah was, was aggrieved and wanted Tama to be punished and when Tama was about to be stoned she requested an audience with Judah and when she came and met Judah and showed Judah what she had and said do you recognize this then it dawned on Judah that actually the prostitute that I thought was a prostitute it was not a prostitute but it was a daughter my daughter-in-law it's an ugly story there is prostitution there is incense, incest relationship. But I don't care what you think of Tama. By the grace of God, Tama became part of the people that became the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. It takes amazing grace. Do you want me to go further? You look at Ruth. Ruth was not a Jew or Rahab was a prostitute but Rahab is one of the people that form part of the genealogy Ruth was not a Jew but Ruth forms part of the genealogy 
Bathsheba. Oh, Bathsheba. Was not oh, well, I mean, we know what happened with Bathsheba and David. But by grace, Bathsheba is part of genealogy. What am I saying? If you've got a red pen on the things of God, you will miss where God has been gracious because you've got a red pen and you will miss God's plan. I don't care what Brother Brenham said. From 1947 to 1965, by one thing that I know, when I heard those messages, my life was never the same. And I don't know how many people can say their lives were never the same. I want to bring it home so that it can drop in. Some of you, if you are not in the message, you are going to be divorced. You may be not say amen, but it's the truth. Some of you will have died. But what happened? God's amazing grace preserved you, preserved your marriage, preserved your children, and I said, let us thank God. How do you explain such grace? Amen. Yes. We see what's happening in denominations. Why is it not happening among us? It's because of God's grace. We are feeding on this message. And this message is the son of man. And you become what you eat. If you eat Christ, you become Christ. Why are we not like the people of this world? And I always say, no system that can produce what this message is produced. No system, no religion can produce what this message has produced. Here's a tip that I want to give you. Those that leave the message, check them after a few years. Check the marriage. The first thing that suffers is the marriage. Yes. Yes. I have made my own observation. And I've seen it. Say a man wants to leave his wife because of whatever issues that he has. But does not say God, I need grace. He starts saying, actually, did did the bridge ever fall? Was it really 16 men that fell? But he knows that those are not the issues. The issues is marriage and divorce. Marriage and divorce. It's what makes the, made the prophet to be hated. Amen. Amen. And for goodness sake, don't be with your wife because of a church. Be with her because you love her. Amen. Amen. But marriage and divorce is a serious issue. 
People don't hate Brother Brenham. But they hate the standard that is said. And get a university student that keeps on failing. Turns around and blames the university. And even goes on a strike and bends the bus. Go and check them. All those that are front runners. Check on the system how their grades look. I mean, if you pass, this, you've got good grades, you can't say pass one, pass all. A human being today is unable to come to a spot where I say, God, I'm a sinner. I need your grace. Be gracious to me. I've got weaknesses. No. He would discredit the very thing that makes him feel condemned. That's why people cannot be fixed in our time. Because they cannot reflect accurately on themselves. Are you with me? Nothing wrong with the prophet. This message is the truth. If a man is a son of God and loves this messenger and has accepted this message, he will live true to his marriage vows. will stick to one woman till death do them apart. But when a mischievous spirit comes, then we start talking about the bridge. And if we find the record of the bridge, then we need to trace when was Brother Brenham when the cloud appeared. My question was, before you ask those questions, can you produce the life of Christ on your own? Impossible. But this message made it possible. And that's why we'll stay with this message during easy times and during difficult times. And if we fail, we will not blame the messenger. We will look at God and say, God be merciful. Help us to be victorious. And we will come back. God bless you richly. Let's stand up. How many love this messenger? He introduced the Lord Jesus Christ to you. I don't know, we can say amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound I once was lost, but now I'm found. I 
Father God, thank you, Father. Father God, yet again, O oh God, you came down, O oh God, and you addressed us, O oh God, mm. individually, O oh God. Thank you, Father. Father God, you came down, O oh Lord. Father God, and you hit the nail on the head tonight again, O oh God. Mm. Father God, we are humbled by your message tonight, O oh God. Father God, for oh Lord. When we look back, O oh God, from where you've brought us, O oh God, Father God, the journey that we made through, O oh God, Father God, the, the giants that we overcame, O oh God, yes. Father God, we can but only say, O oh God, it is only amazing grace that has brought us, O oh God. Father God, it is only your mercy, O oh God, that we are still standing tonight, O oh God. Father God, and we say thank you again, O oh Lord. Father God, tonight, O oh God, you came, O oh God. Father God, and you just came and, and Father God, you reminded us, O oh God, that we need to focus, O oh God. Father God, for we are in a time, O oh God, where we are distracted too easily, O oh God. Father God, there's too much happening around us, O oh God. Father God, and tonight, O oh God, you came, O oh God, in a special way, O oh God. Father God, just to come. Father God, and tell us, O oh God, Father God, what is expected of us again, O oh God. Father God, we pray, O oh God, that you bless our dear pastor, O oh God. Father God, that stood in the gap, O oh Lord. Father God, you used him, O oh God. Father God, to speak to each and every heart tonight, O oh Lord. Father, as we go to our respective homes, O oh Lord. Father God, may we go and reflect, O oh God, on this message, O oh God. Father God, may we go and look in ourselves in the mirror, O oh God, and ask ourselves, O oh God, why are we still in this message, O oh God? Mm. Heavenly Father God, because, O oh Lord, Father God, this message, O oh God, Father God, it's, it's clear, O oh God. It is your word, O oh God, and your word will not fail us, O oh God. Father God, because we are still standing today, O oh God. Father, we look at our peers, O oh God, that, that was on this journey, O oh God, that we left at the wayside, O oh God. Father God, and it is truly, O oh God, amazing grace, O oh God. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you now, Lord. Father, and we pray, O oh God, as we go forth, O oh God, be with us, O oh God. Father, and we, Father God, we pray, O oh God, may you, Father God, reign in our lives, O oh God. Father God, may our lives, O oh God, reflect you, Father, in everything that we do, O oh God. We thank you now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can give us a chorus till we meet on Sunday. Yes, there's a chorus. Let's be the stand in this one. Amen. Maybe we can say we serve a miracle waking God. Amen. God bless you.
Receive a miracle. Thank you.